You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Alabama time once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics Tide 100.9 FM Travis Ryder your trusty look I show up okay I show up for the program if I'm not talented host of the program and uh, I'm fresh from BamaOnline.com where I serve as the senior analyst there for the website which of course is a part of the mighty mighty 247sports.com Network. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. I'll tell you, one of my favorite aspects of Peter Brook Chocolatier, and I mean, from the owner on down, I pretty much love all of it. That's documented, right? But they've got that sort of center carousel. When you walk into the store and you become immersed in the aroma of that outstanding high quality chocolate there at Peter Brook. They've got that sort of carousel and you can go around there and they've got those pull bins. You can choose from chocolate covered strawberries, excuse me, chocolate covered cherries, chocolate covered blueberries, dark chocolate espresso beans. My personal favorite, those dark chocolate almonds even have dark coconut chocolate almonds. You go around that carousel with a little bag there, and you just kind of get you a little assortment bag, you'll be set. That's the go-to for yours truly there at Peter Brook Chocolatier. Joined on the program by executive producer Joe Gaither, who together we combine to form the 60 Minute Boo! Woo! Sports Talk Radio. Joe, how you doing this morning, pal? Oh, having a great day today. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? We're good, man. You know what today is? You know what today is for the Ryer fam? Taco the Tuesday? Well, that's very much important, and you're correct on that part, but it a is birthday? also a, a move-in Tuesday at the University of Alabama for the third and final Ryer. How about that? Oh, boy. How are you, you feeling know, about that, Pops? Well, we did the – I know, right? I'm Pops now. I uh, We went down Saturday to Tutwiler, and I thought it went very smoothly. Kudos to the folks involved. There was a lot of precautions taken. Uh, it was spaced out well. You know, it wasn't one of those situations Saturday morning. I kind of expected to get up Bryant Drive there, headed towards Tutwiler, and at about the Malmore Athletic Facility or the Joe, run into traffic of folks just trying to cram in, pile in to Tutwiler to get those princesses moved into their dorm rooms or get their stuff dropped off. The weekend was basically drop-off mode. Uh, and that's what we did Saturday morning, but it wasn't that way at all. It was very well done. Uh, we were able to do that without any incident, stress-free, get her room set up the way she wanted it, all those things. But today is officially the day in which uh, she can move into her dorm, which she'll be in her dorm. And I've got no idea what to expect, man. Look, you know, I'm hopeful. That's what I've been all along with this situation in COVID-19. But I also understand she's essentially doing a two and a half with a twist into a Petri dish of COVID-19. I mean, this is where we're really going to find out. We talk so much about football and how this thing is going to come together and how it can play out. Well, 
you're about to find out about all of it, you know, with these students moving back on campus. This is where the rubber meets the road, man. And, uh, yeah, I've got concerns. I'm not going to sit here and pretty it up and say, oh, no, she'll be great. Because the hammerheads that continue to tell us that, oh, young people are totally, it's totally impossible for young people to actually become sick from COVID-19. And then I look on the Twitter, and I understand, I understand it's not rampant, but then I see where a guy like Trevez Moore at LSU tweets today, pass rusher for the LSU Tigers, that he's down 27 pounds because of the COVID-19. So just stop. Stop telling me how it's impossible. It just doesn't happen. Young people don't get sick. I had one in my own house sick a couple weeks ago with the COVID. Just stop it. But uh, off she goes anyway, right? I mean, Joe, what do you tell an 18-year-old in that situation? Seriously. She had her entire spring semester of high school wiped away by this situation. Now she's excited. She's fired up. She's ready to go to uh, the University of Alabama, her fall semester. She's going to go through Rush. She's going to do all these things that she's looked forward to for three years. I mean, what do you tell those kids as parents? Yeah. Do you, do you tell them to opt out? Yeah. It's tough. I can't imagine being in your shoes right now. Uh, it, oh, very difficult. There are worse lots in life, okay? Well, sure. Well, sure. There are a lot of folks in much more, uh, uh, they're much more pressed and distressed right now. But it's tough and to I make a, think, a, I, a a great decision, like an informed decision as yeah. a parent at this moment. You know, what you do, I mean, I don't know what, uh, she's going, you know, she's going. So, uh, you know, but then I have to consider as her parent, you know, okay, when she comes back home to visit, I, do I need to mask up? You know, what type of social distancing rule? Because she's in this Petri dish of COVID coming up here. You know, you got to let them live their lives. But to uh, to what extent are you you're willing to go with that? I guess we're about to find out. I guess we're about to find out. Hey, we will get into some sports talk because it's all intertwined these days. Right. I mean, we're trying to figure out the college football season coming up with the COVID-19 pandemic doing its very best uh, to try to interrupt our day-to-day lives, including our sports lives. So we'll talk about the college football season, kind of what we're anticipating here in the coming days. You're going to have that board of governors with the NC2A set to meet anyway today. So you might hear something from the NC2A in regards to fall sports championships. Regardless, it's not likely to impact the Power 5 level in the college football playoff, uh, but it could give power five conferences, power five presidents and chancellors, something to consider based on the message, based on the word that we get from the NC two a, you did hear from another conference this morning. The Sunbelt said, Hey, we're rocking and rolling, man. We're playing 12 games. We're going to play eight conference games. And then there's going to be four non-cons available to Sunbelt conference members the conference play is apparently going to kick off labor day weekend got the sec we're going to have a couple of three weekends of football to consume hopefully uh before we even get to sec play on september the 26th but the sunbelt said we're going 12 we're going 12 and i talked to gary harris about this on his program earlier i i actually i like the chances maybe of the Sun Belt going 12 games more than I even like perhaps the SEC going 10. And that's for the simple fact that a lot of these group of fives are going to be flying pretty much blind, man. They're not going to be testing to the extent that the SEC and the Power Five leagues are. You're not going to have a couple of tests a week of the entire roster. And maybe you won't even at the Power Five level. Uh, maybe it'll be more random testing, but it sounds like at group of five, and which is a reason why, obviously, that power fives are going to conference only models like the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the SEC, or maybe 10 plus one like the ACC or 
what we're seeing with the Big 12 here in the last 24 hours, nine plus one, is for protocol reasons. But all these group of fives now, you know, they can all jump in the pool together and kind of figure it out and perhaps make a 12-game schedule work. I'm not till, still I'm not still totally sold they're going to be able to pull it off. But when your approach is more screening than it is outright testing, well, you know, your positivity rate is going to be a good bit lower, right? To use some President Trump math, the less you test, the less positive test you have. And so with a group of five, you know, if you're rolling the guys in there on Monday after a game and everybody's temperature is 98.6, all right, we're good till next Monday. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> right, Joe? I mean, am I – Am I? you think I'm out of line for thinking that way for how this is going to go with the group of fives? No, not at all. I mean, that's exactly how it's going to go with high school testing. Right. It, no, nobody's going to test in high school, so all our guys are good to go. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of what you're looking at. It that that's my opinion on the group of fives. Why you're seeing these group of fives talking about playing twelve games instead of ten? Dudes all checked out at ninety eight point six. All right, let's get ready for North Texas rock and roll. Let's get it. You are seeing some more opt outs in college football. Uh, Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver for Minnesota, earlier today announced. Uh, that he will bypass the upcoming season. Now, Bateman, like Caleb Farley of Virginia Tech, one of those guys, again, probably didn't need the upcoming season to solidify his status a ton anyway. You can never have enough good tape. I'll say that. But apparently with Bateman and Farley, you're looking at guys that have probably heard back already or heard enough to think, the worst they're going to do is the second round. So, you know, we'll see how it goes uh, this point forward. Again, I've said all along, I think, um, you know, until we start hearing from star power on legit national contenders, uh, this stuff doesn't surprise me all that much. You know, when you get a couple like this, Rayvon Bonner of Illinois, you heard from even the Vandy kicker today. Vandy lost one of its kickers to an opt out. Vandy, right? Vandy is one of the few places where you'd have a kicker opt out with the coronavirus, the COVID-19 situation. Let's head to the Peterbrook Chocolate Ear studio line at 205-342-9904. Check in with our good pal Johnny down in South Florida. Johnny, how you doing on this Tuesday morning? I'm doing well, man. I had to reach out because I felt your pain. I, I need some fellowship. I'm about to get on the COVID Express myself. And yeah. Take the yeah. daughter up, man. COVID at the capstone. Everybody in. Yeah, I hear you on that. So you're you're headed th- you're headed this way, or are you already here? Uh, I'm going. I'm going 100. percent I'm actually flying up next nice. week, and then we'll. Install her into the petri dish, and then <laughs> I will fly back. So I, I feel like I'm just jumping in the COVID pool. Yeah. Well, the good thing for you personally is that you'll go back to South Florida, and she won't be. It's it's a good news, bad news. Obviously, you'd love to be able to check in with her. You know, like we have that benefit of being here in Tuscaloosa with Tatum and being able to do that. But like I said earlier, you know, when Tatum comes home on Sundays, like she's gonna do. Because she's going to want that laundry washed, you know, and she's going to want that Sunday night pot roast or whatever we're having. You know, how am I supposed to, am I supposed to wear a hazmat suit when my daughter comes home on Sunday nights? What am I supposed to do, Johnny? What's the protocol for me in that situation? I think you, I think you go to your favorite sporting goods store and buy a tent (laughs) and set it up on a non-sprinkler head to say enjoy the outdoors. You know, it's not (laughs) funny, but that's, that's all I can do at this point. That's all I can do. You know? I know it's it it really is. I mean, to this point, this is why I had to call you. To this point, I felt like I was able to control the situation pretty well. You know, yeah. like, like 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 Tatum. You know, they got rooked out of so much already, and you can't control what she does on a daily basis. But it's still 
with, you know, they're smart kids. It's still controlled to a point, but now we're losing complete control. And look, I think UA, from everything I've gotten from the school, is doing everything within its power to try to, as you said, control the situation. But how, how much... How much of it have we been able to control at this point? We're five months in. Um, but, yeah, I, I understand the protocols and the measures that are being taken. You know, look, Tutwiler is going to be a disaster, and I'm going to tell you why. Because you're talking about a 13-story dormitory full of young people. And you've got, by my count, on Saturday, I guess there's four elevators that run there in that entire building. And because of protocol, they're going to be limited to two people per elevator trip. You know, you think about those elevators in normal times. You probably got eight to ten young ladies piled into those things. And so, uh, you know, but I, I appreciate the measures that are being taken as a parent. But, you know, and it's not just the dorms and classrooms and that that you have to concern yourself with. It's, you know, socially Socially, these kids are going to get together. They're going to do their thing. And that's when you really have no control, Johnny. Help me out, Johnny. I need help. I think I think the reality is, is that we have to just understand that we're probably going to get it. Or we're yeah. probably going to be exposed to it. And mm. maybe that's the answer. Maybe that's the answer. Because, you know, we've been living in a cave. And then we got out of the cave. And then we got told to go back in the cave. And, you know, that doesn't work. So maybe maybe the answer is just to grin and bear it and just sort of yeah. face it. Yeah. But it's, it's difficult. And, I, and, I, and um, I'll throw this little tidbit in. I, I, maybe you know more than I, but I feel bad for, for Tatum, for my daughter, Sierra, that, you know, they we, we've got graduation tonight at her school. It's 10 minutes. It's, wow. it's, you know, they, they, it's no more than eight. You come in for 10 minutes, they take your picture, they walk the stage, you leave. And so they got, they got, and, and about a week ago, they had about 10 girls show up with their prom dresses and then they quickly changed in their graduation stuff to get pictures. So you feel for them. They've already missed out on things at their stage of life that are yeah. super important. And, and then they go to the college and if they want to do the sororities, well, that's been kind of, screwed up that's in the virtual world so that's not normal and then i saw today um i believe on on your site 24 7 site that college uh, uh students are going to get refunds on their football tickets yeah yeah that's coming so so they got that coming so it's, it's kind of like they've been through so much i think as a parent we just have to say God bless them. God bless us. Let's go for it. And here we go. Here comes the ex real experiment. Yeah, your hope comes in the demographic that they fit. And again, as I said earlier, I, I, I'm not oblivious to the fact that young people do get sick from this thing, but certainly not at the rate as other demographics that we're talking about. So that's all I got to lean on right now. But I wish you the best of luck, Johnny. Congratulations to Sierra right, on the graduation. Go uh, thank you, and uh, I would I would really go buy a top notch tent. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna have to do that. I'm gonna have to put a tent in my own house, you know, kind of, or maybe out back when Tatum comes home on Sundays. Exactly, exactly. Thanks, Johnny. All right, buddy. Bye. Johnny didn't exactly make me feel better there. Let's go back to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio line and check in with our friend Cowboy out in Texas. Cowboy, how you doing? How you this doing? Morning? How you doing, Travis? How do I sound, Cowboy? Do I sound a little bit on edge this morning? Yeah. <laughs> you uh, you kind of sound like I think. Well, I think that's what you're thinking. I heard you talking about the other last week that, you know, they're, they're talking all this stuff, but kind of, well, we're, if we have an outbreak, what's going to happen? And Yeah. Uh, I was just talking to a friend of mine here in Dallas. His son is at Alabama, but he's he's going to stay back here in Dallas this fall. He hadn't signed a lease. So he's going to, he's been there three falls. So he's going to stay back here and be here this fall because his dad doesn't think it's, it makes any sense to pay 
money for out-of-state tuition to go to virtual classes. He can just do that here. And, and, and just the student life in general is going to be subtracted from so much right. if you it's can't done. If, like done. if you can't go to football games if you can't go to football games as a student at the university of alabama yeah if i'm out of state i'm really not paying that out of state tuition right his son said all fraternity parties are canceled and They're all canceled. kind of parties yeah. yeah yeah i mean formals all that stuff they've already announced that you're not going to have them hmm. When I went there, I don't believe that would have been much fun. Goodness gracious! I mean, I right now, back what to- we're looking at, what we're looking at, is our daughter living on campus, and then eighty-five percent of her schoolwork will be via remote learning anyway. But she'll be in a dorm. Yeah, that's I, it. That, that, that's you know, back to the football part of this. Uh, I got a good friend in athletics at another SEC school. I'm not going to name it, but he said the whole deal, he thinks, with what the SEC did last week, but he told me this a month ago when they said the season September 26th that they were kicking the can down the road to get students back on campus and and the universities get the student money and then mid-September, they're going to say, well, we just can't do this football deal. Well, they've already said they're not coming back after Thanksgiving. So right. that's already been pushed up into November. Oh, I absolutely agree with your pal on that. I've said that for a while now, too, is that essentially what most of this is about is to have an emphasis on getting freshmen in and going, getting them on that track at UA, right? So that right. regardless of what happens in the next month, if they're forced to pretty much shut down the campus, if it turns out that way, even if they have to partially refund some dorm money, some meal tickets and things like that, they've got you locked in now, especially freshmen, right? And so right. I, 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 I totally get that. I totally believe that's, that's was, the case. I, was, I mean, I was just at the dentist office here in Dallas talking to a lady. Her son had graduated Georgetown, but she said Georgetown is just only allowing freshmen, and then everybody else is virtual. Yeah, yeah, they freshmen want to get the on campus, in. and everybody else is virtual. You get the freshmen in, get them going on that four-year track, and you're, you're gonna you're gonna be able to retain them. You already have the the sophomore and the junior and the senior kids. You know, you, yeah. you're trying to make sure you keep that freshman enrollment, you know, where it needs yeah. to be and moving forward. That, that's that's and my it, thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, no, I remember you were talking about a couple months ago, your daughter was going to try to be a kicker maybe somewhere or yeah. did she ever, yeah. or is that just out the window now? She, well, this, yeah, I mean, she, you know, this is the oldest daughter. She's been hammered by the COVID too. I mean, she lost the end of her her senior college basketball season of COVID. Right. She actually, and then, you know, considering some possibilities with another year of eligibility, that kind of went out the window. But she actually was in line to sign a pro basketball contract with a team in Europe. But she can't can't get into Europe, you know? So that's gone out the window for the time being. It's, It's rough, man. And look, like I said earlier, there are folks out there with far bigger problems, life and death problems. So that that isn't what this is about, but it is just examples of, you know, what this, this deal is, is brought upon a lot of people. And, um, you know, we're thankful just to be healthy at the end of the day. Hey, cowboy, we got to get to this yeah. break. Thanks for the call. Well, as be always, good, Travis. Friend. Good talking with you. You too. All right. Let's head to a break. We come back. Brent Beard on a Tuesday on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Partly to mostly sunny this afternoon, just the chance of a few isolated showers through the evening hours. The high today, 90, tonight's low, 66. The weather looking rain-free tomorrow and Thursday. Lots of sunshine both days. Highs between 89 and 92. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide! 
Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the 247sports.com network with you on a weekday basis, 11 a.m. until noon. And at this time on Tuesdays, we check in with our good friend, Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News. Brent, how you doing this morning? Doing okay, Trub. We um, were able to get through the tropical storm slash ah, hurricane yes. with with minimal damage. I know it's kind of wrecking havoc right now up in the northeast. But but uh, uh, as you know, anytime you can get through a hurricane type storm unscathed, it's been a good day. It has, and having grown up there in northeast Florida and spent the majority of my life there, been through more than a few close scrapes. Now, it seems like since we moved up here, the fam and moved everybody up here in 2003 to Tuscaloosa, there's been more of the the hits on Florida and Mm -hmm. even there in northeast Florida than at any point before, uh, you know, in my lifetime. So, uh, yeah, we're always happy for you and, and other folks, pops included. You know, that uh, (laughs) we get through those stretches in pretty good shape. Uh, Brent, it looks like, before we get into some college football talk, it looks like basketball rosters, men's basketball rosters around the Southeastern Conference, got through the NBA draft withdrawal window here in the last day or so in pretty good shape. People up here pretty happy, Brent. John Petty coming back for his senior year. Well, I think John made the right decision. Uh, I mean, it seemed like it. Uh, but because the, the because of the COVID, the um, uh, your deadline was later. It seemed like it lasted forever. But that was a smart decision, frankly, for John Travis. I mean, it, to his credit, he improved his game somewhat last year, particularly with uh, rebounding and and passing. Now he's always been a streaky shooter when he's on. He's really on. But uh, there are times when it just was not working for him. So. If he can get to the line and he can continue to improve his overall game, and I think he will, um, that, uh, that that he made the right decision. And I tell you, Trav, I, I'm looking forward to basketball season two, but uh, I tell you, Quinterly and Primo and Petty and Shackleford and Jones uh, and uh, a lot of young kids we don't, we don't even know about, Uh, This is going to be, I think, a very competitive Alabama basketball team this year. No doubt about it. I think it's going to be a very competitive and fun Southeastern Conference. Other than a couple of situations like Auburn, where Isaac Okoro uh, decided to go ahead and stay in and move on from the Tigers. Not a huge surprise there. An outstanding season as a freshman for Bruce Pearl down on the Plains. Also, Robert Woodard II at Mississippi State going to make the move, but you look at, again, you look at Eves Ponds coming back to Tennessee, Petty That's at right. Alabama, Isaiah Joe uh, at Arkansas. Wantford um, at LSU, I thought was. days, all those guys at LSU. Now, uh, Trav, I think three of them came back uh, at LSU, and, and I, I was a little surprised. I'm curious if you are about Trend and Wadford coming back. I, I think that does wonders for uh, the league, uh, Javante Smart also coming back uh, at this point, too. And uh, I, I've seen some from some of the, uh, I think, John uh, Rothstein and, and also Blake Lovell. Uh, Trev, this Arkansas team next year uh, may be the best team they've had in a decade or so. Yeah, I think Arkansas is very comparable to Alabama in that you're going to have a couple of coaches and musclemen of Arkansas and Oates here at Alabama going into their second year. They both get big boosts and some veteran scorers returning, uh, opting to, to, to go back to school and Joe and Petty respectively. So yeah, across the league, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I know Florida also had some good news uh, prior to the weekend, although Andrew Nimhart, the outstanding guard, yeah has transferred to Gonzaga. That was a hit for Mike White. But, again, pretty much what you're seeing is good news. And absolutely, I think in some ways, as much as COVID-19 just absolutely crushed the postseason for men's basketball, uh, it's it's helped set up some potentially promising seasons for 2020-21 
uh, elsewhere around the Southeastern Conference. Now, speaking of football, uh, Brett Beard, we are anticipating perhaps word from the NCAA Board of Governors at some point today in regards to fall sports championships and whether or not they'll be canceled or postponed, the impact that may or may not have on Power 5 football specifically, maybe Power 5 athletic departments in general. What's your expectation here in the next 24 hours or so? Well, I think what you're seeing today uh, on Twitter uh, and from people we've talked to over the last few days uh, that there is some expectation that they may delay any decisions on D1, uh, but there are some discussions about canceling some of D2 and D3, uh, which would be certainly unfortunate. Uh, but look, I, I've uh, talked with some coaches on that level, Trav, some that you know, and frankly, the thing that we hear from them is, Unlike the D1 schools, and particularly the Power Five, they just don't have the money to frequently test uh, and and just be able to have the the protocol and the uh, uh, and the nutrition and the medical staff and so forth. It's not like they don't, but it's just not on the level that some of the others. So uh, I think I think D1 for now will either be okay or delayed. Uh, but, Trev, it's a real different story on, on D2 and D3, is it not? It is. It's different. Even at the NIA, NAIA yeah. level, uh, you're seeing some leagues where some schools have already opted out, but that doesn't mean those leagues, those conferences at that level mm-hmm. have gone ahead in unison and decided to either cancel fall football or push it back to the spring. So uh, you're seeing some partial decisions being made still, even at what would seem to be a fairly late date. If we were in a typical year and we were headed into the first Friday in August and I told you, look, Alabama's supposed to, based on the amended preseason that the NCAA agreed upon, supposed to start fall camp on Friday, but we still don't know. We still don't know. I mean, that's, and I ask you this, I think that I really believe that, you know, this is a feeling we're going to have even when the season gets underway. You're going to wake up on Mondays of game weeks wondering exactly what kind of teams you're going to have on the field for that upcoming Saturday. Who's going to be on the field? Will they be able to play at all? This isn't an uncertainty level. I don't think that's just going to evaporate once we start playing games. Uh, I, listen, I, I think this is a day-to-day thing, is it not? Uh, yeah. I, I'm in trail right now. Now, p- we feel better because we're talking schedules, which means we're at least talking something besides COVID, uh, which is a little bit of a relief, but there's no doubt. I mean, out of the uh, 10 games that SEC teams are playing, I mean, Trav, what are the odds that we're going to get all 10 in or, or are we going to be doing well to get, say, seven or eight uh, or something like that, which is certainly going to make it interesting for the uh, playoff committees and the decisions they've got. And see, I think another part of this is, now obviously SEC won't be involved in week zero. And by the way, I understand Kansas and Oklahoma will not be playing in those week zero games now after the uh, the Big 12 made their decision yesterday. Uh, but uh, they're still kind of, as you said, wondering when to start. Now, uh, I think what's a little bit unclear is, is there going to be, for lack of a better term, uh, almost an OTA or a mini spring uh, that will go right into fall camp, uh, but because you certainly can't wear your players out when you're not starting to until September the 26th. So I, I I think they've got somewhat of a decent plan, but some of that still needs to be uh, – some more meat on the bones of that skeleton of the plan needs to be done. Yeah, I, I think probably in some cases, and maybe that will be what happens at Alabama, is that the hope that this most recent phase of mandatory workouts will help cover for what you missed in the spring. Yeah, We've yes. had – now, what, seven, eight, ten days now in this in this phase where you're having walkthroughs, you've got the football actually involved in walkthroughs, 
you've got Nick Saban and his coaching staff, other coaching staffs on the practice field with players. Um, perhaps that could be some coverage. It's a delicate balance. And we heard Nick Saban talk about, you know, he wasn't really a proponent of sort of an extended fall camp. Um, you know, but yeah, you, you have to, I would think, compensate for what you missed back in March and April. And even with your, your off season workouts with your strength and conditioning staffs, but yeah, there is a, a line, I would think that you don't want to drive your team sort of into the ground uh, before you get to September the 26th. And no, I think what might help with some of that is, you know, lost in all this is the fact that classes are going to start yeah, around right. August 18th, August 19th. So even if you start preseason practices, you start fall practices a week later, let's say you don't start this Friday, you start the next Friday. You know, you're only going to have about four or five days of that before your players are True. in fall semester mode. So that will help break up some of the nonstop football. I think Saban was maybe more worried about the front end of doing that. If you started the first or second week in July and just that's tried right. to camp it straight through to mid-August into late August, that's where you could really run into some wear and tear. And you know, we're already seeing even some injuries. Oklahoma, I saw Brent lost yeah, a starting yeah. linebacker to a knee injury here in the last day or so. Well, and I think what helps Alabama, and and I know these guys are new, but, but man, they have really been promising so far, right, Trev? I think this, uh, it, 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 this new strength and conditioning staff is going to help them tremendously uh, at a time like this. I mean, when you've got guys who know the – uh, for lack of a better word, the physics uh, of what they're doing uh, down to a T. And, and Trav have written what dissertations on this stuff. Uh, I, I think right now uh, that that makes that hire by Nick Saban even more important, doesn't it? I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, you talk about, yeah, the absolute perfect time to hire folks with more of a scientific approach. Yeah, the, uh, the arrival of a pandemic converging with those hires would seem to be pretty good timing uh in this instance talking with brent beard college sports today and first coast news on a tuesday edition of southern fried sports right here on side 100.9 fm brent so what do you think about the big 12 and the decision to go nine plus one was that more along the lines of what you anticipated from the sec do you think who got it right, in your opinion, in all this? The uh, ACC with the 10 plus one, the Big 12 with the nine plus one, or the other power fives with the conference-only schedules? I think if you've got a overall a 10-game schedule, uh, that you are uh, probably much better at this point. Uh, but what I do think the, the SEC should have done uh, – I, the, the, I thought they should have went nine plus one uh, and and still be able to uh, have the rivalry games. And look, I know some of those rivalry games right now, uh, there's no way South Carolina is going to be Clemson and, and probably Tech and Jeff Collins second year is not going to beat uh, Georgia. Uh, and Florida would, would have, we think, an advantage on Florida State. I would have liked to have seen those played uh, at this point, but, but you've got to leave yourself a little big of, of a wiggle room, too. I, I do, and, Trev, I wonder, uh, too, should uh, the SEC have started earlier in order to leave a little bit of wiggle room like some of these other conferences have done? The ACC has done that somewhat the Big 12 has done that. In other words, if you've got an outbreak and you've got some games spaced out enough, I just thought the SEC should have left themselves uh, more time off uh, than the uh, uh, than the uh, the bye week in the middle of the season and the bye week on December the 12th, because at that point, let's say you don't have to make up any games. Uh, you realize then that everybody just has uh, one bye week. But again, we're in a situation where if you've got games canceled, that that will take care of itself. So, uh, I mean, it it's okay where it is. We'll be fascinated to see where the schedule goes at this point. But I, I just thought they should have started earlier and, and done a plus one. You know, I think there's some credence to the narrative that 
college football, even at the Power Five level, wanted to have that time to see how things work out for the National Football League. Yes. And starting in advance, you know, a little bit leery of sort of getting in the pool first before professional football does it. Um, and I think with that, if you're a college football fan, first and foremost, you need to pull for the NFL. No and doubt. It's like you, you still need to pull for Major League Baseball yeah. and, and, and these other leagues, especially the ones that aren't a bubble-centric. The NHL's bubble-centric. The NBA's in a bubble. You need to be pulling for Major League Baseball and especially the NFL when it cranks it up that weekend of September the 12th, which, of course, is two weekends ahead of when the SEC uh, is looking to get things going. If you're not a big NFL fan for whatever reason, well, you need to be a fan of the NFL being pretty much hiccup-free in those first week or two. Uh, well, I think the uh, uh, the, the SEC, uh, and that's an astute point, uh, was determined. They And, Trav, I don't think they were waiting to see necessarily what happened with the uh, with the Big 12 and the ACC, as you said, as much as it was uh, with the NFL, and to see if that protocol was working and or uh, at that point, even if the NFL has a few hiccups, they could learn from that and be able to apply that for what they're doing. So, uh, they're, they're, now look, I, uh, I won't bowl every weekend like everybody else does starting week zero and going forward. Uh, but if you're looking at it from that perspective, that could bode well as far as uh, the SEC and some other conferences. You mentioned the decision to go conference only with the SEC, whereas the ACC went 10 games and a plus one uh, opportunity there. Down in your neck of the woods there in Northeast Florida, what's been the response to losing Florida, Florida State for the upcoming season? Uh, I think they're, uh, the, the fans certainly would like to see it. They don't like it to be uh, interrupted for the first time since 1957. Uh, I, I think there's also, uh, whether this is fair or not, uh, that the ACC uh, really did a better job with the scheduling than the SEC by, by starting a little bit earlier uh, and uh, having a plus one plus the Notre Dame factor. Uh, of, and I think that's what swayed people down here, Trav, as much as anything else, that they're looking at that this like, uh, well, boy, the ACC was sure smart getting Notre Dame in there uh, and also getting that NBC TV money. And boy, oh, boy, Notre Dame may just now be a part of the ACC. Now, Trev, you and I both know the answer to that. Uh, this is a one-year deal only for Notre Dame as far as being a part of the ACC. We're not saying it, it can't, it, they can't change their mind in 10, 15, 20, 30 years, but uh, knowing Notre Dame as we do in their history, uh, they, they will go back to independence as quickly as they can. Yeah, I've compared it to a long holiday weekend in the Wisconsin Dells. <laughs> that Notre Dame is taking ACC, the yeah. ACC on instead of just a sort of date night or a one night stand. That's yeah. uh, that's what we're seeing from Notre Dame with this yes. long weekend coming up yes. yeah. uh, with the with the ACC. Hey, Brent, uh, as we let you go here, we're hearing more about opt outs in college football. It's certainly been a topic of discussion in the NFL. Alabama alums on that list. Oh, plenty including a couple of linebackers of note from previous Alabama teams under Nick Saban. Where do you sort of categorize this, prioritize this in terms of concern for college football in the upcoming season? We've seen a couple of guys that have taken the route that project as first-round picks, not members necessarily of teams that are expected to compete on the national level. Minnesota's a great story and has done – some nice things had the bowl win over Auburn, uh, Virginia Tech with Caleb Farley, the corner opting out, uh, traditionally a stout program. But you know, what's your sort of expectation in, as far as the, 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 the level, uh, the, the, the potential for uh, a, a, a quantity 
of note of these players to uh, perhaps opt out for the season. Yeah, and the latest, Rashawn Bateman from Minnesota, who who also is really good. Trev, I think what they're weighing is uh, how much quality film does the what will the NFL have on me if I don't play this year? Uh, I think that's going to be a major factor uh, with this also. Uh, so, and, and which leads me to believe I, 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 and maybe we will, but I don't think we'll have that many from the SEC because I think they know how, how big a piece of the puzzle that is, uh, and that they need to get some games in, uh, and get some film with them. And look, I, you know, is that selfish? Maybe it is, but I, I think that's big enough a component of making their decision, uh, that, that, that will encourage a lot of them to stay. Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating point to ponder. Uh, I agree with you, and I've made this point. I've used some basic math when talking about the potential for opt-outs, not just because of COVID-19, but what we've seen with the Pac-12 over the weekend and the unity approach with some of the student athletes in that conference. The reality is, in my opinion anyway, that about 1% of college football players at the FBS level really have leverage. And when I talk about leverage, I'm talking about a very real pro career potential with those individuals. And so if you've got over 10,000 college football players just at the FBS level, that's about 100 of those 10,000. Because if you're talking 100 players, you're talking about the first three rounds of next spring's NFL draft. And that's kind of where I would draw the line. So I'm with you. I don't think it's going to be an absorbent amount, but, you know, it, it, it could have some punch in terms of some of the star power that we're already seeing at a couple of programs. Uh, again, not nece- necessarily nationally re- relevant, but certainly, um, you know, power five and, and teams that we talked about a good bit in the last decade or so. Hey, Brent, as always, appreciate you joining us here on the program. Look forward to catching up with you next week. Who knows? We may even be talking about fall camp. We'll be hopefully <laughs> talking about an SEC schedule that was that's defined at that point. But regardless, uh, we look forward to it each and every week. Uh, always, my friend. Take care. Have a great week. There he goes. Brent Beard, College Sports Today and First Coast News. We're going to head to a break. We come back. More of a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Side 100.9 FM right after this. Partly to mostly sunny this afternoon. Just the chance of a few isolated showers through the evening hours. The high today, 90. Tonight's low, 66. The weather looking rain-free tomorrow and Thursday. Lots of sunshine both days. Highs between 89 and 92. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. right here on Southern Fried Sports. We mentioned with Brent the potential, the hope, anyway, that perhaps we'll have some fall camps and preseason practice to talk about with Brent next Tuesday. And that may well be the case. Some rumblings over on BamaOnline.com right now. If you check out the thread on the roundtable, the premium message board of choice for Alabama Crimson Tide fans in the updated... Team Nuggets thread. There is some talk, at least, of perhaps preseason practices getting underway early next week over there. Off Bryant Drive, as we've talked about, you're in that mandatory phase right now where you're going to go through Thursday anyway in this particular phase. So uh, it could be that you wrap that up 
on Thursday, uh, have a weekend off, and then uh, hopefully at Alabama and other places around college football, we'll be looking at some preseason practices early next week. I think a lot of that, too, contingent upon the SEC and what we hear from the league office in regards to the schedule and things like that. In the coming days, uh, you also had the PGA Championship coming up this week out in San Francisco at the TPC Harding Park golf course. That's a public golf course. And what I do appreciate about TPC Harding Park is that, look, a lot of times you hear about these courses being public, municipal, and then you check the green fees and it's like 350 or 400 bucks. Yeah, you can get on Pebble Beach. You can. Uh, you better be ready to drop some serious coin. But at TPC Harding Park, if you are a Bay Area, San Francisco area resident, you can play TPC Harding Park during the week. Weekday rate, 64 bucks. Can't beat that. 64 bucks to play a track that's going to host the 102nd PGA Championship coming up this week. Yeah, sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty good to me. That's going to do it for a Tuesday edition of the program. Again, thanks, Brent Beard, for joining us here on the program. Thanks to Joe Gaither and crew for producing the show. The lunch whistle today. It is a Tuesday, so we're going to tell you about Eat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. It is a Thai Chicken Tuesday at Heat Pizza Bar. Give them a call at 205-632-3282. You can get that takeaway, that to-go service on Tuesday. And those Thai chicken pizzas starting at 6 o'clock this evening, just 7 bucks. Can't beat it. That's going to do it until 11 a.m. on Wednesday. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody. Thank you for listening.